Welcome to Port City Politics. I'm WHQR News Director Ben Shockman. And I'm WECT investigative reporter Michael Pratz. And yes, Hurricane Ian is bearing down on us on Friday morning as we record this, but we had two stories that we just really wanted to get to. Yeah, and they both have to do with uh, similar situations here, at least uh, related to Cape Fear Community College, CFCC. Um, A lot of stuff has been making the news, and I'll be the first to say, I know uh, WHQRs uh, in general and Rachel Keith specifically have done some great reporting, as has Ann McAdams here at WECT on CFCC, but by and large, the colleges around here do fly under the radar and they're pretty uh, guarded when it comes to public records and uh, getting information out to the public. And I think that's, you know, a little bit by design and a little bit because they have had such little oversight from the public in the past, because unless you're going to school or a parent of someone in school, uh, you don't necessarily think of these colleges and universities all the time. But they do get taxpayer money, not only from local entities, but at the state level as well. Um, So I think we should start with the first topic here, which you reported on, uh, and this is something coming up in the New Hanover County Board of Commissioners meeting, and that's the purchase of the old Bank of America building downtown right there on uh, 3rd Street uh, and around the Walnut area, I believe, right right near CFCC by the Meadowlark Lemon Bridge. Yeah, correct. Um, so this popped up on the the New Hanover County Commissioner's Board of uh, Commissioners agenda. And, you know, honestly, we were kind of looking for something like this because last week during the Cape Fear Community College Board of Trustees meeting, uh, Jonathan Barfield, Jr., who's a county commissioner and also sits on the Board of Trustees, was responding to Jim Morton. They were talking about faculty uh, compensation and how they might be able to increase that. And obviously, the county is one place you would look. And Barfield was enumerating the ways in which the county already chips in. And at the end of the list of the ways, he said, and we got you that new facility. I'm paraphrasing roughly because the it's very difficult to get good audio in that room. But he said something to that effect. And our reporter, Rachel Keith, who was there, said a bunch of people from legal staff looked over at him really quickly. Uh, like surprised that he had mentioned this. So we were on the lookout for some kind of facility purchase by the county for CFCC. Uh, I think Barfield just jumped the gun a little bit. Um, so this came up, and here's the basic deal. The The proposal gives only a little bit of detail, and I, I think they will be giving more detail on Monday's meeting. That's Monday afternoon. Right. But basically they say they want to expand the nursing program um, this is a five-story, 50,000-square-foot building, so there's lots of room to expand there. And yep. this would expand their what's their nursing program and what's called their allied health program. So the way it works right now is that um, CFCC does a number of certificate programs. Um, we'll go into all the nitty-gritty of like what the CNA or LVN or whatever they are, but there's, you know, six, 12, whatever week certificates and that will let you get some nursing jobs. Now, UNCW does something different, and those are like degree nurse programs. And you can do one or the other. You actually can do both. You could do a certificate program and then use that to get a job as a nurse uh, and then work as a nurse as you were going to school for your degree. So anyway, there's you know a complicated nursing ecosystem, and this would really expand CFCC's part of it. So on paper, this addresses... 
uh, a really serious national problem, which is referenced very briefly in this proposal, which is a nursing shortage. We've seen that in Ann McAdams reporting on uh, Novant NHRMC, that we've seen how that has played out at the local level. So on the one hand, definitely a, a national problem, definitely a problem we've seen here locally. Uh, the building is available. It is right next to campus. In fact, it's actually across the street from, I believe that's their automotive program. So in some ways it makes sense, but in a lot of other ways, I have questions. Yeah, I, I think a lot of people do have questions and that's uh, uh, part of part of the other story that we'll be talking about too, which is the uh, abrupt removal of a uh, board of trustee member from Cape Fear Community College's board of trustees. Um, and we're talking about Jimmy Hopkins here. And again, these two stories are kind of intertwined, so I'm not necessarily changing gears here, but kind of giving some more background on the first part of this story. Um, Jimmy Hopkins was notified on Monday that he was removed from the board of trustees by a letter sent by the county clerk to him, um, basically saying Commissioner Olson Bozeman has signed this letter um, it is signed by the chairwoman, uh, and it was calling for his removal. Now, we'll get more into that later, and there's a lot more research I need to do on this, so I don't want to get ahead of myself before I say something is wrong or not, uh, because at this point, uh, you know, as always, I, I got a caveat here. I've studied law, but I am not a lawyer, so I do not know exactly what the interpretation might be of state laws regarding his removal. Um, however, when we got him on the phone, actually, Rachel Keith, uh, she and I collaborated on this story that ran on Thursday. Uh, when we spoke with him, she actually brought up this nursing facility purchase. Um, we cannot say that the two are related. Um, he would not confirm or deny that these two were related. Uh, however, he did when we he said, you're welcome to ask me about that, uh, about those issues, and I'll be happy to talk about it. So basically, he had he had some concerns and said he got into a, uh, a disagreement with CFCC President uh, Jim Morton on September 9th, September 10th, that whole area. We asked him outright, did this disagreement have to do with the purchase of the uh, of the nursing facility, this plan, he said, I'm not going to say that, like I just said, but he did speak about this. Um, he basically said, uh, you know, he knows very little about that. And he, he was the facilities chair on the CFCC board, um, which is surprising to me to have somebody who's in charge of facilities, which this would be a facility. This is a building, uh, not be aware of these, uh, these issues. And he said, let me be clear. Uh, I didn't agree with some of the things, but he does agree with some of them. He, he admits that, um, you know, there, there needs to be a nursing program, the nursing facility. He supports that idea. Um, but he basically said, this is a, uh, a deal that he was just pretty much kept in the dark about, uh, until it really came to light recently. Um, and there were some concerns with that. We'll, we'll definitely call it that. Now, I believe you spoke with possibly the owner of that building with uh, Brian Eccles. Is that correct? Yeah, I've had some off the record conversations. Um, I can't share too much about that right now. I, sure. I, I can say a little bit about it. Um, 
What I want to point out is that uh, Hopkins said he had this conversation with CFCC President Jim Morton on September 9th. Mm-hmm. On September 12th, a letter was sent from the chair of the board, Bill Cherry, the chair mm-hmm. of the CFCC board, to the county asking them to purchase this building. So, no, we do not know if the argument that Hopkins and Morton got into was about this building. However, this is the only major facilities decision they've made recently, and the timeline is pretty close. Yeah, so, you know, again, uh, I, I don't think it's our place to speculate, but you can, uh, you can try and put two to two together on your own. Um, the timing, as you said, does, uh, does line up. So one of the things he said, and I'm looking at the transcript here from the phone call that Rachel Keith had with him, uh, and he says, I didn't even know that the nursing program was looking for buildings. Um, and my question was, if we explored land to build it on, if we explored other buildings and other options, and I didn't receive an answer to that other than it is expensive to build. Um, so basically, he his concern was looking out for the best interest of taxpayers and the community college as a whole as to whether or not this is the best place to do this. Um, and that's a question that we also, you know, you and I had talked about. Uh, we wanted to run by State Treasurer Dale Falwell um, because he has a lot of opinions as to what's going on in New Hanover County as a whole. Um, you know, we've spoke with him before uh, in the past two weeks or so, and he told he he said it on the record. Uh, it seems to me like everything in New Hanover County turns into some major banking transaction uh, that he just it, it's pretty clear. I don't want to put words in his mouth, but it just seems like he's uncomfortable or at least questioning how things play out here in New Hanover County. And that's something you and I have talked about before. Now we've seen some uh, familiar faces. It is still fairly small town here, Um, but I believe we see Hank Miller uh, comes into play here and he is a uh, a Board of Aldermen member, correct? At Redsville Beach? He is the mayor pro tem. uh, And he's also the chair of the UNCW Board of Trustees. And Brian Eckel is a um, he's a, on the leadership board both of Novant's um, NHRMC board. He's also on the parent board for Novant. Um, okay. And so, here's what I can say: I know there have been a lot of conversations at UNCW, at CFCC, and other places about building up the capacity to train nurses here in Wilmington. In fact, this was part mm-hmm. of the conversation going back to 2019 with the sale of the hospital where there was some talk about bringing a medical school here or a nursing school, a a larger nursing program here. Right. And so my questions are, there are a lot of things you would need to do to scale up a nursing program. Um, Buying a building is one of them. And that's the part that we're going to see on Monday. This is a sizable real estate transaction. People will make quite a bit of money. Um, You know, Hank Miller, uh, who is the broker on the deal, and Brian Eccles, I would assume would make some money on this. I don't know exactly how commission works, but I it would be hundreds of thousands of dollars from what I understand. Yeah, I, I would certainly say, I mean, uh, realtors and land developers and prospectors, they don't do it for uh, for the fun of it. It's a business. And, you know, again, as I've said um, in the past many times, uh, people need to make money. They need to, you know, feed their families. They need to be able to live. We have to make money. We're doing what we do to make money. So uh, it's not necessarily condemning anybody for making money at all. No, but Um, all I want to say is that the way this 
arrangement is set up is that this is already under contract. Yeah. And what the proposal says is that if you basically CFCC is saying, hey, Brian Eccles, who is not part of the county or part of CFCC, uh, through his acquisition company, has this facility, this building under contract. And if you guys are interested, he will transfer the contract to you. And that is not how I'm used to seeing the government purchase property. It doesn't mean it's wrong or illegal. I, I don't know. But it's it's certainly not the usual way. So that that struck me as, as being interesting because before there was any approval of this um, from CSC or from New Hanover County, uh, Eccles Company took this building under contract. So that's that shows some confidence, I guess, that this would go forward. Um, mm-hmm. So the other thing I'll say is that that's, that's the facility part of it. But to, to go all the way with this, to really expand the nursing program, you're going to need more teachers. And that's like a line item at CFCC's budget, which I have heard no discussion of. You would also, yeah. And you would also need, so you would need recruitment efforts, right? The students have to come from somewhere and then they have to go somewhere afterwards, right? So right. it seems like there would be a lot of conversations with the college's recruiting efforts and then with the college's job. There just seems like a lot of moving pieces here that there may have been conversations about it behind closed doors, and that's fine. But the public hasn't heard anything about this. The public is just hearing, hey, we want to take $12 million of your taxpayer money and buy this building for CFCC. This, this is the first we're hearing about it. Monday's the public hearing and the vote. And the last thing about this is that you can't just go into the empty office building on North 3rd and start teaching nurses. You have to completely retrofit this building. And with all due respect, the county is just wildly guessing at how much this would cost. The The line item is $14.8 million, but they are not voting on that money on Monday. That is right. a future vote that will have to happen. They're just ballparking it right now. And they say, we'll give you a real number uh, once we've finished with our basically, you know, investigating what it's going to take. But again, no public conversations of exactly what kind of facilities they're going to build here. And so if you're in, but I feel like there's going to be some sunk cost after Monday if they approve this. If the county spends $12 million on the building, they then sort of have to renovate it. Otherwise, they're stuck with a $12 million empty building. Well, yeah, and I'm actually looking at the uh, county commissioner's agenda right now, and I'll just read verbatim here. Uh, in addition to the purchase price, which is, uh, as you mentioned, just shy of $12 million. Uh, and here's the quote, this building would require renovations to be converted into classroom and lab space for the nursing and allied health programs. The renovation costs are currently estimated to be approximately $14.8 million. These renovations are expected to take place in phases through fiscal year 2027. And that date is somewhat significant to me because that's five years down the road. Um, As we've seen just in the recent past, uh, following COVID really, uh, costs of materials, goods, and labor are going up, up, up. So getting into this project five years in you know looking five years into the future for 14.8 million dollars uh that's a rough estimate we don't know and there's no way that anybody can do can know how much it will truly cost uh to develop this building so uh you know just some quick 14.8 million plus the 12 million 
Um, you know, we're, we're looking at around, what is that? Just shy of $20 million. Um, so it's a lot of money for something that has not been discussed in public before. And I also want to point out that this is something that, uh, while this is going for a public, uh, hearing, uh, because it does require some sort of, um, some sort of capital investment type deal, uh, that it does require, um, some sort of public, public purchase of this, uh, there's something that we kind of missed and we might've touched on it before, but this was the purchase of the approval to purchase a building, uh, for the Harbor, which came up earlier this month, uh, which I believe is right off of 17th street. It's an old nursing home facility, uh, off a of Sherwood forest or, uh, Robin hood drive somewhere around that area. Um, that was put on the commissioner's consent agenda and it was passed and there was no discussion about it. Uh, and I have asked like, where did this, where did this come from? So again, you just have the sense and the questions as to, especially with something that the community has been so supportive of, which is the Harbor, which is a, uh, which was a state run funded detox facility for, uh, people struggling with, uh, substance abuse. And again, a lot of people we're upset about this. I think a lot of people would be supportive of the county moving forward with this. And uh, similar to what we're looking at now, uh, the purchase of the building is step one. The county has said, you know, RHA and Trillium would uh, have to come into the mix, but we want to secure the property now. So let's go ahead and buy it and then figure out how we're actually going to format this program, which property moves quick. Um, I understand the logic and reasoning, but putting that on a consent agenda and just saying, go ahead and do this without any public discussion. Uh, I did speak with some of the county commissioners and it does look like they have the authority to do this and, you know, just make these moves and give the permission to go ahead and buy this even through consent. But it just, again, the, the lack of transparency is something that state treasurer Dale Fowell has commented on about all of these deals. Uh, not this in particular, I do want to make that caveat. He hasn't talked about this one in particular, but uh, his big thing is you're using public funds, do this in public. And once again, we're seeing um, just, just moves being made and uh, property acquisition is something that county commissioners and other governmental boards can go forward with uh, in closed session. So there's possibilities that it was discussed. And again, that's to protect your purchases. That's to, uh, you know, you wanna get the best deal possible. I fully understand that. Whether or not I agree that these things should be, you know, kept out of the public eye, that's a different story. Um, but I am not alleging any wrongdoing here, just to be clear on behalf of the county, it is just something that you and I and, um, you know, state treasurer, and I'm sure the public would like to hear more about before the county just goes about spending money to purchase millions of dollars worth of property. Yeah. The last thing I, I could say about the actual purchase of the building was that it went under contract at the beginning of August. Mm -hmm. And that is a heck of a building to buy um, on a whim. Yeah. And so I, I think an educated guess was that they had been talking about this. And I'd, I would also, I'm not going to drag you into this, but I will say I would feel comfortable saying that this is the facility that Hopkins was talking about. Because 
again, this is speculation on my part, and I, I usually avoid this, but just because of the way he described it, the timeline, the quote he gave to Rachel, which was that they he had heard nothing about it, but it had been under in the works for a while, and they had tried to keep it very quiet. If there's another major facility that comes out, I'll happily eat crow and say I was wrong. Yeah. But and that's not to say you know anything else about why I don't know anything else about what the argument he had with Morton was about. But the the concern that you had a major facilities purchase that was in the works and no one knew it about it. I think that is that is concerning, and I know that there are state laws that protect potential property acquisition, and it's worth pointing out that that is a, a good thing for the taxpayer. We may not like it as journalists, but the idea is that if there's one particular location that a government body needs and no other no other location will do, that would be really juicy information for a realtor because you could acquire that property and basically you would then have the government over a barrel. You could charge them double market value or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. and the taxpayer pays the price for that. So I understand the idea that, you know, to a certain extent, if it's, if it's got to be one particular location, you know, if you need something, if it's got to be for a road or it's got to be for a well or whatever, fine, protect the taxpayer. I don't like it because I want more transparency, but I understand the logic behind it. But in this case, we haven't had the conversation about the need. I'm com- so this is what I come back to is that this conversation is being dropped on the public now. Um, it's the first time we're hearing about it, that they specifically needed a building, a very expensive building, to expand this. And it, it feels a little bit like the cart's being put in front of the horse. And it does seem similar where it's just, we'll acquire the property and then we'll figure everything else out later. And that seems like an odd way to govern. Yeah, it it does. And I think that's a good place to leave that. I do want to mention one more thing with with Mr. Hopkins being removed from the Board of Trustees. Um, I have a lot of questions and I actually spoke with the Attorney General today um, who told me to send him a follow-up email and he's going to get me some answers as to whether or not county commissioners have this right to remove. Now, the county stands by the decision uh, because there is a policy in place that says, uh, I believe it was passed in 2010, that county commissioners have the authority to remove a board member at will uh, if they appointed them. Now, I have some, again, I am not an attorney. I do have reading comprehension skills, though. And I have read case law. I have read general statutes and the long and short of it is if there is a board that does not require uh, statutory approval to create let's say a parks and recreation board that's not governed by state law so that is a delegated power to the local government so at that point if you create these boards that you know don't necessarily need to exist but nice to have we'll, you know we'll even talk tree commission that's something that's not uh, not a requirement good thing to have not a requirement so in those situations the authority of county commissioners in my understanding is yes they have that ability to appoint and remove at will the board of trustees is a statutory required board for community colleges under the state community college program that is a different story. The bylaws of the community college, while the county commissioners do appoint four members to that board out of the 14, um, the removal process for a board member is outlined in the bylaws. And that, again, governed by General Statute 115D-20, I believe. Don't quote me on that. It's either 12 or 20. They've changed it a couple times. Um, 
Nowhere in that statute does it say county commissioners may remove any of these board members. I've also looked at the School of Government, uh, Freda Bluestein, who is a authority in the state when it comes to governmental power. She works for the School of Government. I believe she's partially retired now, but she still has some great blog posts out there. Uh, respect what she does, and she has a lot of good information. And she's actually talked about this uh, exact issue and i can actually link to that i'll uh, I'll, I'll throw that up on this web story um so you can read it for yourself and basically the case law has said if there are term limits for a uh if there's term limits for a board a board appointee uh you can you they basically have to have due process to be removed they have to have a chance to defend themselves and you know challenge the removal process so in my mind, even if the even if this the county commissioners create a policy saying we give ourselves the right to remove at will, I understand the reason to do that. They don't want people going rogue and taking their own, uh, you know, trudging their own paths that might not align with the county uh, thoughts and reasoning. That's again, I fully understand this. Um, I am not here to say that the county is wrong. I am here to say I am questioning whether or not this authority extends to a board created by the General Assembly. And that is what I'm trying to get some answers to, because another example is the health, the Consolidated Health and Human Services Board. Um, the county commissioners can remove someone from that board. And all of these members, I believe, of the DHHS boards are appointed by county commissioners as outlined per general statute. However, there's also rules in there about removing someone from that board, and it can't just be willy-nilly. Um, it's more outlined and more explicit in the Health and Human Services boards. However, again, there is a removal process for boards of trustees outlined in general statute. So the crux of it all is I wonder and I'm trying to get answers. And if it is within the commissioner's authority, I will fully report that. I am not saying it's not, but I am challenging and questioning whether or not they have this authority. I'm hoping to get some answers from the School of Government as well as the Attorney General uh, to weigh in just whether or not what the county has done here without offering Mr. Hopkins any sort of due process to challenge his removal, uh, if that is legal and if it's not, uh, will they make any sort of policy updates to uh, to fall in line with what the courts have previously ruled? So that's pretty much all I want to say on that, because, again, I want to be very clear. I am not accusing the county of doing anything wrong or illegal. I just question it. Yeah. And again, I, I I'll leave it with with my concern, which is the the other side of this deal, which is the the purchase of this building. That's the thing I'm waiting to see. I know there will be some conversation on Monday about the how and the why. I know these conversations have been going on for a long time. They have not been public. This will be the public's first time to really hear about it. I don't know if that's a fair thing to put on county commissioners. Maybe they have been part of these conversations behind closed doors. Maybe they haven't. Um, mm -hmm. But I don't know if it's a I, I know it's not a fair thing to do to the public to say, you know, come forward and talk about this, knowing nothing about the plan. So I think next week we'll have more to say about both of these. Hopefully we'll have learned a little bit more about both sides of this of this story. Yeah, definitely. All right. Well, I think that's a good place to leave it. And we will see you next week with hopefully some more answers to these questions after some action is taken. And we'll see you next week. All right. We'll see you next week.